0: Real estate is a beast and you either have to tame it or it will devour you.
1: Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome everybody. My name is Matt Rouse with
2: Digital Marketing Masters and I'm here with Carrie. Say hi, Carrie. Hello. And our guest today is Ross Seligman. Did I say your name right, Ross? Yeah, you, you, you did. I'm, I'm, I got it. You know what? I and mean, we were just talking about it before we started recording. I see your face like everywhere, <laughs> like locally around Portland because uh, so you were, yeah, like <laughs> you were the, <laughs> not, a, not a mugshot mugshot, but right, you were, the, you were the sample sign at the All Things Real Estate store. So like when they print signs, they have your picture and stuff on them and your name. Yeah, yeah. And, And we had Tiffany and Chris Larson on recently, right, from Portland Real Producers, and they have their magazine cover that's like a large printout that they use at their events is your picture. So You're on the cover. Every event I go to, I see you. (laughs) Every time I go to the real estate store, you're there. But anyway, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Sphere, and we will get into that in a minute. But first, I wanted to ask you, maybe if you could tell us a little bit more about what you do and about living room realty and your real estate business. And maybe we'll just get into that right away. And then we'll talk. We can talk about Sphere as we go. Cool. Okay.
0: I am a principal broker at Living Room Realty in Portland, Oregon. Living Room is a boutique brokerage and I, uh, we have about, I'm guessing here, I actually don't know the exact number because it's not my company. Janelle Isaacson is the owner and founder of Living Room Realty. Um, I think there's there's probably 120 agents here and I run the Own It Portland team at Living Room Realty. The Own It Portland team, there's four of us total and we are super relationship-based. I mean, that, that's really the ethos of Living Room itself and of Sphere, which we'll get to. You know, it, Living Room is, is really extremely community-oriented. It's a B Corp. I don't know that there's any other brokerages that are B Corporations. There, there may be, but I don't know of them.
2: Yeah, I haven't heard of any. At least in Portland.
0: So with, with that, I'm always joking that that means that everything, everything I ever hand anyone is brown because it can be recycled. Right. <laughs> but, but yeah, so that's, that's living in realty. I've been here four or five years now. I was at Windermere for over a decade and I just wanted a, a loved Windermere. Windermere was great, but I was looking for more of a boutique kind of situation and was really attracted to um, what living room was doing. So.
2: Right. And, what? uh, you know, kind of along that and I mean, this is we're going to immediately sidetrack. We haven't even talked about, yeah, started, oh, which is right. the point. But do you think that there is kind of a larger movement in the real estate space to go one way or the other, to go either to the boutique, you know, smaller real estate brokerage? And also there's kind of the going to the larger like KW, EXP, that kind of thing. And kind of the middles disappearing that's kind of what i've been seeing locally but i'm not sure you know if you're seeing that in the industry
0: i think that sort of you know similar to what i'm doing i'm doing a hybrid if you think about it because i'm at a smaller boutique but i'm running a team i my personal belief about this when you know when i talk to agents about it is is nobody cares about your brokerage that's my firm belief nobody cares it is it does not matter they're hiring you period so therefore an agent needs to be where they feel at home and like they can fully flourish as themselves authentically. Because if they do that, they're going to attract who they want to work with as clients and they're going to, you know, they're going to grow. I mean, so it doesn't matter. Right. So I do feel like what's happening. I think you're right. I think that what's happening is that there are agents who are feeling like, Hey, this suits me, this, this boutique situation. And there are other agents who want to be part of just a massive corporation kind of thing. And you know, I'm, I'm doing. You know, I, I definitely am, I gravitate towards the boutique, the the, the hyper local type of uh, type of place, which is living room very much. It's the epitome of living room. But at the same time, I I really want to work with uh, a group. I really don't like being solo personally. So so I've got this. You know, I've got this like real estate army here representing people. So I love it.
2: Cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sorry for the aside there, but maybe we could get back on track a little bit. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Sphere and what it is?
0: Okay, Sphere is, you know, we we were talking about this right before we started. People think of Sphere very often as a CRM because that is the that's the general space that, you know, you you would expect it to be. But I don't really think of it as a CRM because although there's CRM aspects to it, you know, you are managing your client relationships, through it. What it really is, is a full business system. And what I mean by that specifically is it is the complete roadmap to running a relationship-based real estate business. What I, the reason why I created it was because I could not find anything that actually reflected how I want to work. Every product out there was all about leads, leads, leads. Automated drip campaigns, you know, all this impersonal, just like pummeling people with all this impersonal robot kind of stuff. And that is not how I work. And it's not how I wanted to work. And I couldn't find anything that really spoke to me. And my partner in this is is Hayden Hamilton, who I know you've you've met. And he is the developer. He He runs the development team. And, you know, we became friends actually through two totally unrelated real estate transactions. I ended up meeting him and it was really just a dream. I said, you know, I, I, there's a way that I'm running my business and it's super relational and it's really working. And I really want to be able to scale while not losing the, the personal edge But to do that. I need tech and I can't find anything. And, and we would just start talking about it. And over many months, he eventually said to me like, Hey, let's do this. Like, let's, let's create what you wish existed and and go from there. And, and so now it's been three years or maybe I think it's maybe the fourth year I'm using it. My business has more than doubled volume-wise, but I I feel like I work about a third less time.
2: Right, so saving you time and making you more money. Well, and that's what I wanted. So, So to
0: me, there was two missions, okay? The first one, you know, I just had my first child. I have two kids. I just had my first when we were creating Sphere, and I realized very quickly that real estate is a beast, and you either have to tame it or it will devour you. And I realized that if I didn't figure out a way to tame it, and, and make it work within the life that I wanted, that my kid would never know my name or would only think of me as a, with a phone attached to my face. And so there were two things that I wanted. One was I wanted to grow and scale my business. And the other one was I wanted my life back. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted a lot more free time. I wanted to really be a really present father. You know, I'm also a musician. I wanted to play music. I want to do other things. And as I grew, it was, I found myself, you know, working 70 hours a week easily. Now I'm working 40 to 45 hours a week, but my business is, is more than double the size. So that's, that's what I wanted out of Sphere, and that's what, uh, that's what Sphere helps me do. The thing also about Sphere is you have to do the work. It doesn't get you out of doing the work. It just gives you the, road, it gives you the roadmap. I mean, it just goes like, here's what, you're, here's what you need to do every day. You know, turn around in the morning. Here's what you do in the morning. Okay, you've just done extremely meaningful, effective lead generation, more than 90% of, of all of the realtors, they know they're supposed to do it, but they don't, you know, so, so, anyway, so that's what that's that's, what, that's how Sphere works. So that's why I don't want to just call it a CRM, I, I, I think of it a, as a
2: full business
0: roadmap. I don't know what else to call it. It's like a full management system.
2: Right, and it helps you with like not just your lead generation and stuff, doesn't it also help you with like transaction coordination and stuff like that, like at least tracking those pieces?
0: Yeah. So that, that brings me to the other part of it. So once, once you, once, once I started using sphere and my business started to blow up organically, um, there was this other aspect of the business that I felt like nothing ever talked about because every product is always just talking about, you know, sales, sales, leads, leads. And that aspect is when your business blows up and all of a sudden you have, you know, 10 pending at once, 10 transactions pending at once, and then you have 10 Uh, inspection deadlines to worry about and 10 disclosure deadlines to worry about. And you've got all these people who need like so much from you and you've got all these different people to manage. You've got title and you've got the lender and you've got the clients and et cetera, et cetera. It is overwhelming the first time you just get pummeled with that. So Sphere helps you track and manage all of that. Like all of a sudden you can, you can manage far more volume without waking up at two in the morning, wondering if you just lost someone's earnest money by missing a deadline.
2: Every business, I think, has those types of deadlines, right? We have stuff that we got to get done by a certain time. We got a date, we got to hit, we got something, right? That needs to be done. And I mean, we use a CRM system um, that's also integrated with project management tool and a support ticketing tool and all these other tools that we use just to keep track of all of the things, right? Because there's so much that goes into any business. And I mean, we have a digital marketing agency, right? So it's, it's complicated, right? I hate to say it's complicated because everybody thinks of like the old button on Facebook where you put like, you know, if you're like not married to somebody but you didn't want to put like girlfriend, you'd hit it's complicated, (laughs) (laughs) Right. but.
1: Well, it's like a juggling act. It is. You've got all of your balls in the air at once and you don't want to miss one and drop it. So it keeps you on track.
0: Exactly, keeps you on track. And, you know, really, I, I couldn't be doing what I'm doing now with my business without Sphere from, you know, it, it grows the business and then actually helps you be able to like handle it. You know? I mean, it's like, it's like every agent's dream to like blow up. Right. So they do. And then they're like, oh my God. And then you can drop so many balls so easily and then end up losing all these referrals because you did not do a good job,
2: <laughs> you know, because you were overwhelmed. So this, this helps you deal with all of that. The best way to build a referral business is do a good job. Yeah, exactly. Do a good job. There's more to it than that, obviously. Right. So Carrie actually wrote a book because she worked in the dog grooming industry for a long time. And it's so similar to like the real estate business, strangely. Right. Because you have... Your clients come in, they have a certain amount of time that you don't have to do something. There's a whole bunch of things that need to be done. You have a checklist, you have employees, you got staff, there's teams, there's all these things. And talking about referral marketing and stuff, too. And it all kind of comes back to that same that same system. Like, how are you doing your follow-up? How are you doing your lead generation? How are you keeping track of when people should be there? What things need to be done? Hayden and I talked about this a
0: lot with Sphere. The only thing that makes it specific to real estate has to do with the transaction coordination part of it. But it's like, you know, as far as, just like what you're saying, as far as dealing with my database and how to, how to be keeping in touch with people in a meaningful way and all of that, that applies to every single business. And if we just swapped out the transaction part of it for whatever another specific business, how they, how they deal with you know, sales and tracking... This would work for any industry. So, so at a, at a certain point, we we may look to expand in that way. So, well, Karen, I'll come to you when I'm when I want to get to the dog grooming industry. <laughs>
2: That's right. Well, Carrie doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> no.
1: No. No. no, but it is all about branding and relationship management. Yes. Plus all the other dirty stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: You don't get pooped on as much in the, the much. real estate world, but probably still sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. So you were talking about like every time you you kind of get up and go into work kind of thing and and you know what you need to do. Is that sort of that kind of like win by noon philosophy thing? Like, what are all the things you need to do in the morning to set you up for success in the long run?
0: Yeah, my the way that I operate is I look to do all of my Prospecting, all of my lead generation, all of my follow up, all of that first thing in the morning. And then I want to do appointments in the afternoon and then I want to be done. Okay. So, like, (laughs) you know, I want to be, when I say, I say that with emphasis because uh, real estate agents frequently are never done. I want to go home at the end of the day and be done and know that I just like killed the day. Right. So, if I time block it and I go, okay, I open Sphere and it's like, all right, here's the transactions. I need to check on this, check on this. I need to call this list of people. Sphere also helps me figure out what to talk to them about. You know, it integrates with social media so I can look and find something to celebrate about their lives, a reason to talk to them, a reason to text or call them. It has a full communications log, so I know the last thing we talked about. So it's, it's seamless communication in that way. And it and it, gives me, it tells me who from my database that I need to be following up with. And so if I look in the morning and I go, okay, here's what I have to do. Here's what I have currently pending, sale-wise. Here's what I have potentially coming up. And then here's active clients that I have. And I can quickly follow up with all of them and then go to my database and go, okay, here's six people randomly from my database. It's not totally random. It's an algorithm that is choosing them in Sphere every day. And it helps me figure out what to talk to them about and then log what we discuss. I can do this now in about an hour. And in one hour, I have... Just like I've got a complete handle mentally on what's going on in my business, so I don't lose track of anything. And I've just reached out to people for future business, and now I'm done. And now I can go like meet a client for lunch or have coffee or whatever. I try to set up a listing or or buyer appointments in the afternoon, and it's been a super productive day instead of just sort of like winging it, which is what I did for 10 years, (laughs) which is what (laughs) most of us are doing.
2: Well, I think most people in a lot of businesses are doing that, right? They're just, they kind of know what they're supposed to be doing, so they just, kind of go through, but then the emails and the text messages and stuff come in and you get distracted and and the first thing to go pretty much always is follow up and prospecting.
0: Yes, and then what'll happen is you know, agents, what we'll do is because we are overwhelmed by the idea of like, frequently of, of trying to figure out who from our database should we be talking to and all this kind of stuff, we don't do it and instead we'll shovel money at Zillow for leads, which will be super cold leads. Whereas if you're just talking to people that already know and love you, it's way more fun. It's way more fulfilling. It's easier, you know, and it brings in a much bigger ROI with those clients. So I'm a huge advocate of that, of doing that.
1: It sounds like you've leveled out that feast or famine mode, too, since you're doing one piece at a time every single day. It's not like you get a whole bunch of leads going. Everything's going at once and then you close all that business and then you are you have nothing in the pipeline. You're always putting potentials in that pipeline by doing daily work.
0: That's a really good point. That is uh, one of the most maddening parts of of this industry is the feast for famine. We're all in this. The waves are massive, right? And I still have waves. You know, I mean, you still like April, May is still busier than August, but the waves are way smaller now. You know, so it, it, there's always something, and they're much smaller waves, and it's so much better for your mental health <laughs> than just having like a tsunami and then nothing, and the <laughs> tsunami and then nothing. It also makes it a lot easier to be able to um, have the confidence to support a team if that's what you're looking to do as an agent, because the smaller those waves are, the more consistent business is. The, you know, the less you're going to wonder like, what do I do with them when I have nothing happening? I never have nothing happening anymore.
2: We uh, interviewed Shelly Zavitz at the oh, yeah, end of 2019, and she wrote the first 365 days in real estate. Yeah. Which actually reminded me, because I was just at the All Things Real Estate store yesterday, and I have her book there. But she was saying that the prospecting you're doing now is the business you're going to get in 90 days.
0: Yeah, and totally.
2: It definitely works. But from a lot of the real estate agents that I know, and I guess I shouldn't say a lot, but uh, but some of the ones that I know, they have that feast or famine because when they are so busy and they're in like the feast uphill right they're so busy that they don't do any prospecting or any kind of lead generation work and then as soon as those transactions are done and they you know they're kind of getting the checks in kind of thing then like it's a scramble because now they have nothing all right and so now it's like a giant race to kind of build up again and that's Perpetuates that you know, and they miss out on a, on a, a lot of business, right? Because there's that downtime period. Totally, you've always got to keep in touch.
0: It's tough too. I mean, there's a lot of call aversion. They call it, you know, or I don't want to call them. And if you push yourself to just do it, you it's so energizing because these people are so happy to hear from you. And then, um, you know, sometimes like I don't do a call. Sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm texting because I personally won't answer the phone unless I think it's a potential business. I, you know, I get so many robocalls and stuff like that. I'm such a target as a real as a realtor. It's just nonstop marketing. So I don't answer the phone a lot. If someone texts me, I'll text them back all day. And I know a lot of people are like that. So frequently, that's how I'm doing it. And then, and then frequently, that will end up turning into a phone conversation.
2: it'd be like it'd be faster if I just called you, right? Exactly. I was at an event last year that Gary Vaynerchuk at it. I don't know if you're familiar. Oh with yeah, that, Gary. I agree. And he does the thing where he pulls the cell phone out of his pocket and he holds it up in the air and he says, how many people have a phone in their pocket? And everybody holds up their hand and he goes, keep your hand up if you hate taking phone calls. And like everybody keeps their hand up in the air (laughs) because everybody wants a text message so that they can call them back on their own time. Right. Not answer when you happen to call me.
0: Or just do like a simple answer if that's all it takes. I mean, I mean, I realize I don't even listen to voicemails anymore. I read the transcription, and I'm like, wow. Yeah, I do the same thing. It's a whole other level. Yeah.
2: You know, and this is sort of an aside, but the transcription because there's so many acronyms in in the computer world, I get these just bizarre transcriptions. <laughs> yeah, they're like, <laughs> how is the R S O I E I E I? And I'm like, I don't even know. Are we, are we singing a kids song or something? And yeah, you hear I O in my
0: message. <laughs> right.
1: And now a quick break. Digital Marketing Masters will be right back. Are you ready to stop grinding and start making an impact? Are you tired of working long hours and not growing your business? Get Matt's new book, Flattening the Hamster Wheel, on Amazon now. Just go to hookto.us slash hamster. That's hookt ous forward slash H-A-M-S-T-E-R.
2: I mean, this might be an odd question, but I'm sure you get it all the time is what do you think is happening in the Portland real estate market right now? Because there's a lot of kind of odd things happening with like around rental legislation and stuff like that. And the interest rate right now, I think we got a letter the other day in the mail. Somebody was saying like interest rates could be as low as like 2.75 or something. Wow. yeah, it's just, just amazing, right? So um, what do you see going on right now in, in in Portland?
0: Right now, inventory is so low. I mean, if, if, if a seller wants to sell their house, this is the greatest time to possibly do it. I know that sounds like, oh, all agents say that. But no, I mean, we're, we're all in, you know, me personally, and then also so many of my colleagues all have buyers who are dying to find. They just can't find what they want. And when you look at the chart of uh, the last, at least the last 15 months, it's, it's ridiculous. There's like nothing for sale.
2: Is it that kind of mid-range homes where there's, because it seems like there's more inventory in the kind of upper 1.5 million plus kind of thing.
0: Yes, there are, which is, of course, less of a buyer pool for. I feel like between four and seven is like, I haven't seen the bell curve, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's where all the buyers are just, just from my own experience. And then every time, you know, if there's something great that's coming up right now, there's multiple offers. If it's priced correctly in that range, it's super competitive. So, so right now I see tons of demand, very little supply, really hoping in the next few months, um, you know, I've got a bunch of listings coming up and I hope that that's the case for like all of my colleagues so that we all have something to help, help our buyers get into, you know, there's all this speculation about, well, you know, an election year, does that matter? Um, I hear so many people saying that they expect things to super you know slow down as we get closer to the election. I'm not sure why. I don't see how that changes anyone's life as far as like they still need a place to live. If they're moving here, I'm not sure why that, that would slow down, but I, you know maybe we'll find out. I just don't see demand slowing down for Portland. I mean,
2: yeah, there's a bit of a consumer confidence thing around election times, but it seems to be less prevalent now than it used to be. I mean, I don't want to talk that I haven't seen any actual data on this, so it's pretty much anecdotal. But people seem to kind of have come to the determination that maybe who is the president doesn't have as much effect on their life as they thought it would have.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah.
2: Especially in the real estate market, a lot of the local legislation seems to have a much oh, greater exactly. impact. Oh, yeah. And I'm really interested
0: to see over the long term here how the rental stuff affects people. My own anecdotal experience, you know, with all of these laws that have, that have happened here for Portland Multnomah County, you know, I'm seeing investors get out. I'm seeing them sell. You know, I mean, I, I, I've gotten plenty of listings each time new laws are passed. I'll get these listings from Californian investors who have had rentals forever and who are just like, "I'm out."
2: Yeah, they just don't they don't want to deal
0: with it. And then who bought who's buying them is single family homes, so that's more homes out of the rental pool. So. You know, I remember reading articles over time saying that economists across the political spectrum had, had all been telling Portland, this is a bad idea, like left and right, like this is all a really bad ideas to hurt renters. And, you know, I don't, I don't know, I'm not an expert on this. I haven't studied it, but I, from what I'm seeing myself, I'm seeing rentals disappear. So of course there's all these apartment buildings, but what if you need to rent a house? There's a lot of people then, you know, I'll I'll meet other sellers who are like, well, I think I want to hold on to it and rent as an investment. And then they'll decide not to once they learn about how stuck they'll be, you know, if they have a bad renter. So I feel like what what Portland's done is make it seem far more risky for someone to become a landlord.
2: For sure it has. And
0: there's so many reasons it's unfortunate, but one of them is that most of the landlords I knew really only had one or two houses or one or two rentals. And a lot of them... Were, were older and retired and this is how they were supplementing their piddly social security. You know, these aren't like, I, I feel like a lot of the laws were um, like they had in mind, like evil landlords.
2: They're like grandma's rent was 600 a month and somebody bumped it up to 1700 a month with no improvements to the property. And that's always the example. Right. And I'm sure that's uh, happening.
0: But, uh, and
2: yeah, I'm sure it happens too. But you know, I think you're a hundred percent right. And you know, not to, I mean, I don't want to take a political position on it, but if you increase the demand and you lower the supply, I think anybody who's taken any basic economics can understand that that's going to drive the price up.
0: Well, that's why I also stated that, that I've been reading that at the time economists across the political spectrum were all telling them this was going to backfire on renters because I feel like we're in an era across the board where, um, Science and data and facts are not being, that. that's not what's winning the day, right? It's, it's these, these emotional feelings like, oh, screw these people, right? And, it, you know, it's been killing me to watch it because it's like, you know, why don't we look at what's happened in all these other cities that have, have done this kind of thing and, and, and find a, there's got to be a better way to accomplish what they're trying to accomplish, which is to help the housing crisis and, you know, improve the situation of renters. There's got to be a way to do that. This way, they were pretty much told by all economists, this is going to hurt who you're trying to help. And, you know, I don't I don't know specifically what the data is on that, except that I am the one getting the calls from Californian people who owned uh, rentals here in Portland saying, I'm out.
2: Um, yeah, I know some commercial realtors that are just right now, all their long-term, you know, long-term owners are coming to them and just saying sell it off. I'm going to go put my money into, you know, Idaho or somewhere. And
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> right.
2: Where the, the laws are more favorable, but so here's the theory that I heard. And I mean, this is complete conspiracy theory. I don't know if it's in any way true, but what I heard was the large companies that have thousands or tens of thousands of houses across the United States as rentals mm-hmm. that they are lobbying on behalf to get more rent control because it's going to push out the smaller landlords and only the larger companies will be able to deal with all the legislation. So it's a way to push out the smaller landlords so that they can buy the properties. Now, now whether that's true or not, I'm wondering if that's the effect anyway. Yeah, it may have that effect. You know, maybe they're listening to me somewhere and they're like, man, we should have thought of that.
0: <laughs> about something like Portlanders would hate the idea of, of, of that happening, you know especially the ones that have been fighting, you know, for these rules to happen. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing the, the, the layers and layers of, of, of cause and effect with, with all of this stuff that are, you know, so, so much of it, which is unanticipated.
2: I, just and I don't know how they can not anticipate. I mean, this is not you don't have to be a genius to figure out that if you go to a business owner and renting property is a business, right? Yeah. If you go to a business owner and you increase the cost of doing business. They're going to increase the cost to the consumer. Right. I mean, it's just the way it is, right? Like, the same thing happened with like, you know, some of the trade tariffs and and other things that happen that that increase cost. If my product costs a hundred dollars and it costs me ten more dollars than it used to to make the product, I can increase the cost to one hundred and ten dollars. Like it's. Yeah, I mean, it you just still weird. need to make margin, right? I mean, you don't just be like, "Well, I guess I'm going to eat that cost." Right. You know? <laughs> like, and then you know, rent control. Carrie and I actually were were just talking about this the other day, where if you take the apartment that I moved into when I first moved here and you calculate the increase in rent every year that I had, it was about four and a half percent over the long term. And now every landlord just increases to the maximum because the maximum is seven percent. So they're just like, just do it to the max.
0: Right. Totally. And it's interesting to see like in New York City, you know, they just um, I don't know if they've officially done it, but I, I think they did where they just. Banned brokers from taking fees for rentals for getting rent people, and and I understand a lot of the arguments for that. Especially like my sister who lived in New York forever was was explaining it to me how awful that was for her. But what I've been reading is that well landlords are just gonna they're gonna have to pay for it. So once they do, now they're just gonna increase rent on everyone to make up for it. So it's just like the whole thing is just I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but I feel like it's too simple. You know the politicians are making it really oversimplified
2: feels um, like if they could streamline the process to get more property on board or to increase the occupancy of current properties, that that would help solve the problem without having to do anything else. Yeah. Maybe I should run for office. What do you I think you should man. Uh, <laughs> da, da, da. I'll solve your housing problem. <laughs> You're do
0: a lot of digital marketing
2: for the election, which
0: um, is pretty much like how they're one now.
2: Right. <laughs> I am political ad certified just to let everybody know (laughs) we're not running any political ads but because they said if you want to run a political ad you have to be certified i was like i'm gonna get certified just in case case. yeah just in case cool so is there anything that you want to add maybe about sphere or you know just about kind of business and real estate in general that we haven't asked you yet that you think our listeners would like to hear well
0: i want to tell people where to find it you know, uh, for any of you who are a realtor or, you know, one, <laughs> it's uh, I want to tell you kind of, you know, how what we're doing for, for brand new agents and, and all of this. So it's use and you do not have to, you know, there's a trial and basically you can just sign up like you don't have to put your credit card in to try it. You have a 30 day trial. It's forty nine dollars a month. After that, if you pay for a year, which is, most people like, if, if they're like, I am totally doing this, then they're going to pay for a year because it, it ends up being two months free when you do that. If you are a new agent, meaning you have been licensed less than 12 months, then it's free indefinitely until you close 2 million worth of transactions. Wow. The reason why we're doing that is because when I was brand new, I, you know, I took my broker's training and all this kind of stuff. I still felt like I when I was done, I had no idea what do I do today? Like, What do I do now? Of course, Shelley helped with that book, but you know this. What Sphere does is it literally tells you, like on a very high level, to be a top producer. You know, it it generates your business plan, an actionable business plan, in a few minutes after you put in um, certain data that will ask you. Then it will tell you exactly what to do every day. So, um, if I had had that when I first started. I would have had my business up and running way faster. So, so I believe that we will get you to two million way faster, and then we'll have you for life. So, we're giving it to you for free. For everyone else, we guarantee that if you do everything it tells you to do, your business will uh, increase by at least twenty percent in the first year. If it doesn't, we will refund all your money back. So, we said we're, we're really, really confident about it. I'm a client. You know, I'm, I'm my entire business runs through it. It's changed my business. It's changed my life. So, you know, that's another reason why we're confident because I'm not just like some tech guy, like I made a product for all of you realtors. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the guinea pig, you know? So, yeah. So that's what I want people to know. Use here.com.:
2: Yeah, we'll have that. We'll have that in the show notes, too, as well as, you know, a link to you on, on like LinkedIn so people can get a hold of you and to own it Portland. Wonderful. And one thing to kind of leave with people, I think, is that what do I do next is always a question that a new business owner tends to have every single day, right? Is what do I do next? What do I do next? What do I do next? And if you can get that process down for what you need to do each morning you know, you can still kind of wing it in the afternoons as long as you get it kind of started. Right. Yeah, totally. Maybe you can work the totally. rest of that out later, but yeah, having a tool like that, you know, as, as such a godsend, you know, if you're a real estate agent, I don't think there's a whole lot of tools out there for other industries like that. If any.
0: Well, I'd love to expand. We, the only reason I did real estate was because I needed it from me, you know, but um, we will totally branch out and do versions of it for, for right. yeah, this, this market dials.
2: I see this kind of come up in our industry a lot where people are getting like cold calls from marketing agencies and stuff like that and and digital agencies. And I'm like, well, how come they're not using digital marketing to get a hold of you? (laughs) Digital marketing (laughs) company. Right. Like, yeah. So, you know, there's there's the person who makes the system who's using the system. I mean, you make a better system. Right. I mean, you know, the ins and outs of the business already. You've been in it for what 10 years or so before you even started Sphere. Right. 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 So uh, that's fantastic. And I think we could probably uh, leave it off there today. And we'll have the show notes. You can get them at com slash podcast. Ross, thank you for being on today. Thank you both so much for
0: having me. This has been a pleasure.
1: Thank you, thank Ross. You. Good meeting you. Great to
2: meet you. All well. right. And we will see you guys next week.
1: This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Markoff. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters.
2: Join us next week on Digital Marketing Masters when we speak with Jesse from Chimcare and ways that you can make sure that your house doesn't burn down.